to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. It's always good to open the word, eh? I was just um, reading in uh, Nehemiah this morning where the word was opened and the people stood up. And uh, that is uh, the respect we need for the word. And, and in a sense, stand up on the inside, eh? not asking you to stand up right now. <laughs> We're going to continue in our theme of back to basics, things that really build faith, build a foundation and build momentum in our lives. And uh, we're going to start with a verse from uh, John 15. John 15, 11 says, These things I've spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Praise God. It was a beautiful February Monday morning. The staff and animals were all happy. And I was quietly excited to be starting a new roading job on the farm. I'd marked it out with some pegs on the Friday and I got it all ready so that we could have a real racy start on the Monday morning. And I cut a few branches of a, off a native tree that were in the way because they were going to hit the tractor cab so they had to go. So, and to my surprise, the branches were completely dry and lifeless in just three days. And those branches were green and lush just days before because they were attached to their life source. They were part of the life-giving tree despite weeks of dry weather with no rain. And as I viewed those severed branches lying lifeless on the ground, I felt the Lord say, that's you without me. That's you without me. And I knew this was a significant God moment. I agreed with God. <laughs> I agreed and I repented and I said, Lord, forgive me. I've been going too hard in my own strength and not in yours. I know I've shared that story with, with the church before, but that God moment uh, really sums up today's message, which is to know the joy the joy that results from abiding in Christ. And I felt as we continue on this Back to Basics message, you know, series being staying connected with the source of all life is one of the greatest keys to faith, to growing our faith. I mean, we've covered salvation, dealing with condemnation, disappointment, and sin along with respecting authority so if you're a labor voting irish supporter uh, you might want to listen to the message on disappointment <laughs> i wore green and black just to cover myself as i left home it was 50 50. <laughs> so anyway um you might have felt like we've been sort of wallowing a little bit so i thought today it was time that we spoke about joy amen joy and i think that's coming through already through everything that we've done so far eh? so joy is a deep sense of well-being joy is inner excitement and calm that trumps any trial or disappointment 
it, it over, overrides those things. Even in the setbacks and disappointments that I spoke about two weeks ago, there is joy in, in the fact that God's got this. The Lord will provide. Unlike happiness that rises and falls on circumstances, joy is deep contentment in whatever place we find ourselves. So let's turn, if you've got your Bible there, let's turn to John 15, and we're going to read 1 to 11. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me, Jesus speaking, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. That's you without me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Praise God. I've read this many times, but verse 11 just really stood out to me as the reward of abiding in Christ in this life and the next. Abiding in Christ and obeying him are intrinsically linked. Abiding in Christ and obeying him, they're linked. If we say we love him and abide in him but don't obey his spoken or written commandments, we're deceiving ourselves. If we persist down the path of partial obedience or we deny the word that he's spoken to us, he's put in us, that thing we know that we just need to do, if we just deny that and say, push it down, you know, we lose our joy. So the condition of having our joy made complete is obeying his commandments. Let's just hold on to that thought as we then unpack this amazing metaphor. Old Testament writers knew that the vine was a picture of Israel. Described in Psalm 80, we're not going to go there, but in verses 8 to 19, Asaph is writing and he prophesies in verse 17 about the coming Son of Man. Isn't that amazing? Five, 500 odd years before Jesus. You removed 
He says, you removed a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground before it and it took deep root and filled the land. So God replanted the vine in Israel that he first established in Egypt. He cleared the ground, he protects it, and he's got great plans for this vine. But as we know, the people of Israel repeatedly chose to disobey God and to worship other gods with a little g. You know, it got to the point where really it had become a wild vine, but out of control, but like mine, before I pruned it, <laughs> before I killed it, no. <laughs> Unwilling to be pruned. That was the wild vine just doing its own thing. Are we doing our own thing today? You know, are we abiding in the vine today or, and are we connected, plugged in? And part of it, or are we a, a bit wayward? Are we a bit independent? A bit wayward? Okay. <laughs> right now, you're in the right place. We're all in the right place. We're all a bit wayward. Amen. <laughs> Being Jewish, the disciples listened. Listening to Jesus in John 15 would have known the backstory. They would have known about this vine that was really a picture of Israel. Jesus was warning them ahead of his death that a time of pruning was coming, but that the alternative was to be cut off. For us too, it's better to be connected by the Lord than to be cut off, or sorry, corrected by the Lord, than to be cut off or to die a sort of a spiritual death. It's better to be corrected than to be cut off. Sometimes, you know, in that pruning process, he uses people around us to prune us. And we've got to choose. Are we going to be offended when we're corrected or pruned? Or are we going to say, hey, thank you, God. That third-party perspective really helps. <laughs> yeah. And I say all this because it's easy to associate with the freedom to choose what we want uh, with joy. It's easy to, you know, think that that's real joy, is doing what we want, doing whatever we want. But Jesus is saying to us today that joy is actually the reward of wanting what he wants. Did you catch that? Freedom to choose what we want does not bring joy. Doing what Jesus wants brings joy. We want to want what he wants. God is both the planter and the cultivator of the vine. If we look at the word vine dresser in verse 1, the English translation, vine dresser, it comes from the Greek word georgos, which really means farmer. Hey! <laughs> and it sounds a bit like gorgeous. Hey! <laughs> but it's actually georgos. With a little slash over the O in Greek. But the English word used in our Bibles is vine dresser. And the subtle difference gives a wider meaning of what God is really doing. He is planning and preparing much more and way further down the track than a caretaker role of vine dresser. 
The vine dresser is 100% focused on wine. God is planning further and bigger and down the track, and he's focused on the wine. God is busy now planning eternity. Uh, Ernie touched on that. He's busy planning for our eternal life. Sorry, but I've got another farming story. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just put it out there in advance. Aaron and I really rely on the guys at the coalface of milk production on the farm to be 100% focused at work. <laughs> um, farming's a tough gig. And one slip, one slip up can be really costly. Whole vat of milk can go. We all work hard, but I'm sure the guys in the milking shed, you know, they look at times on us wondering, what's with all this admin and, and planning and office time? But just one recent example of this is that I've just received an environmental report that's going to need many hours to digest and another few hours to reply to and seal and lock in. It's 90 pages long. It took me 45 minutes just to skim read it. And that was just the pictures. <laughs> so, so in verse 1, in verse 1 of our reading, when the word vine dresser is used, God is like both the farm owner and the shemulker all in one, 100% focused on us. As a kid, I used to think that Jesus was the big main trunk of the vine when I read this, and we were all the sticky out bits, you know, the branches. But with a bit greater understanding now, I know that the vine is the whole thing. It's everything. Jesus is every part of the vine. And that the branches are a subset, just a little bit less or lesser part of all of it. He is all of it, and we are not. If we're plugged in, we get the life flow, all the nourishing nutrients we need, and the greater purpose. Pruning is God's way of preparing us for that greater purpose, for more production, for greater things. Don't resist it. Quite a few years ago, uh, a pastor friend came and sat at our dining room table and he got out a big piece of blank paper and he said, Murray, do you know how to prune a grapevine? I said, don't have a clue. I just hack away at it. He said, um, I should have Googled it. <laughs> um, I would now. But anyway, um, he said, you don't take off all the little new bits. You take off all the old dead stuff. If there's a big piece of long dead stuff, whack it off just after a bud. I did what he said. We had the best crop of grapes we've ever had. Pruning is God's way of making us more fruitful, as the big picture, as those lovely pictures up there are. Do you want to just shoot on a couple of pictures there, Luca? Got the joy. That's the Psalm 81. Next one, thanks. Joy is the reward of abiding in Christ. Next one. This is where we're at. How to keep our joy. So how do we keep our joy? Well, I'm going to say first that God gives many gifts to those who receive him along with purpose. 
But one of the greatest gifts of abiding in Christ is joy inexpressible. Joy is really a byproduct of God's presence or Holy Spirit in our lives. Psalm 1611 says, You will make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy. Your right hand there, in your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. The best is yet to come. Be encouraged. Ephesians 5.18 says to be filled. It starts by saying don't get drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's in the continuous tense. Just as there needs to be a continuous filling of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, so joy needs maintaining and guarding because there are some joy killers out there in this world. We need to guard that joy. Joy maintained is fuel for our faith journey. So here's three things that will help us, perhaps, uh, there's probably more, but help us to keep our joy. Number one is to obey Christ. I know we've already sort of covered this, but in verse 10 it says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. This verse is beautifully simple. Wouldn't the world be a joyful place if everyone did that? Just abided in God's love. As I said earlier, joy is the reward for obedience. But here in verse 10, Jesus links obedience to love. He reverses the sentiment in the chapter before, in John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will obey my commandments. He's just done a bit of a switcheroonie. This sounds impossible to do. Because it is. We can't do it on our own strength. As Mark explained several weeks ago when he talked about condemnation. This is why Jesus follows this statement with the solution in the next verse. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. True love and obedience comes from the Holy Spirit. We're going to look into that whole area of being walking in the Spirit another day. Today's about joy. The impossible can become possible through the Spirit of truth, verse, verse 17. True joy is maintained when love is yoked with obedience. You've got to love, you've got to add love to your obedience. You don't want to just be obeying with gritted teeth, digging down deep and just saying, okay, God. <laughs> it's got to be linked with love. Obedience and love go together in the power of the Holy Spirit. Number two. Thanks, Luca. Number two, how to keep your joy. Build his kingdom and not your own. Build his kingdom, not ours. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, or some versions say Holy Ghost. In context, Paul is really saying, don't be an egg, because they've been all petty over little stupid things about what food to eat and stuff. And, and Paul's just saying, look, don't be an egg. The kingdom of, of God is, is, not, is not just about eating and drinking. 
It's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Keep the main thing the main thing. Don't let differences over petty things separate you from others, from me, from you, you from me. Real joy comes from preferring what God wants more than what we want. If we are building his kingdom, seeking justice, righteousness, and peace, joy just keeps happening. Amen? I get an amen? Amen. So build his kingdom first, and all these things will be added. Number three, bring others to Christ. This is, this is a biggie. In Luke 15, verse 7, Jesus says, There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. We might need to unpack that another time. But there is a party in heaven over every new believer. Is that not a huge incentive to keep speaking Jesus? We've just sung about speaking Jesus today. And really that's what it is. It's just speaking Jesus, living it out, and being backing our words up with action. But wisdom is required. Wisdom is required because Proverbs says, he who wins souls is wise. There are keys we can learn to winning others to Christ. But despite all the setbacks and the disappointments and pushbacks along the way, it is perhaps the wisest thing we could ever do. Bringing people into God's kingdom is the wisest thing we could ever do. There's nothing like the joy of leading someone to Christ, and we can't do it in eternity. We've got to do it in this life. Joy is not the freedom to do whatever we want. It is a reward for wanting what Jesus wants. The only way to want what he wants is to abide, hang out, live with Christ in us and us in him. Nehemiah 8 verse 10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe your homework for the week is to read Nehemiah 8 and see what that means in context. Nehemiah 8 verse 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for providing the nourishment and the, the power, the love. It's your love we need. It's your power we need. We've sung it. We want to live it now. Go from this place. Be a light to others at work. Talk about Jesus. Talk you up. Make you famous, Lord. We just pray that you would uh, help us. Pray we'd have the, the wisdom to know when not to speak up, when to listen. Lord, we just pray we would be like those, those trees planted by the water, We'd stay green, even in our old age, hallelujah, and that we would just be fruitful. In fact, greatly fruitful for you in your name and in your power, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the